What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We're talking fucking UFC Fight Night, San Diego, Farrah versus Cruz. These are your hosts. I'm Paul Pickle Winham Concha. I poured up my shot, and if you think I'm bullshitting, here's my bottle. It's about empty, and I'm doing with. Hey, that's the most, that's the junkiest nigga I know you, Jimmy. But I'm the most dangerous motherfucker in all the podcasting. You the best brave, you feel me? And this is the drunkest episode you've seen me on in a while, you feel me? So, hey, it's your boy Lil KK, a.k.a. the Dom PYE, a.k.a. the young boy, the street fight enthusiast, and we get to talk about Dominique Cruz versus Chico Vera and USC San Diego, dog. This shit was lit, but I'm not gonna lie, this was not a bad card even slightly, Paul, like, from the jump, from the jump, with the starting with the submission, like this shit really kind of showed out. No, but this this is what I tell people: like the prospects when they fight like non-ranked opponents, but they're still good opponents. They always make the great fights because the non-ranked good opponents is looking at the prospect of like you're a little boy. Like, I've been here for fucking five years. I fought against the better persons in my division. And then you got the prospects who are usually undefeated sitting there talking about, like, where I've ran through everybody I've fought before. So, like, it always makes for a good class of two sides. One side never wants to give in. And there was a lot of back-and-forth fights in this shit. It wasn't just straight up, like, there was a lot of stuff. So, what do you want to start, man? Because, like, I could talk this whole thing. I just watched the rewatch. We can start, honestly, with the Devin. I know you want to talk to Devin Clark versus Azamat. Mirsik Nanoff, but Azamat, honestly, like, I knew Devin Clark was going to come in with wrestling, and Devin Clark came in with wrestling, and his tree trunk thighs showcased his ass fucking was able to wrestle, but after Azamat was able to showcase some takedown defense, it it was game over. The moment he couldn't take him down, Azamat just tore his ass up from the feet on, and by third round, got his ass with a knockout punch. And then some ground and pound to make sure he's out. But I feel like that shit was fucking terrible, dog. The ass, not, not, you know what I'm saying? I hate saying the ass, but the, the beat he put on him for those 40 seconds. And the ref was just looking like, um, um, am, am I going to do anything? Um, um, it's like this the whole time. Osmond. Help me. He was a fucking monster. He mauled bro for three rounds and like, it's just them. It's just the Russians doing what the Russians do best. They come in to fight and they come in to really beat your fucking ass. Like I feel like Devin Clark. He's twelve and six. He's not like a top tier fighter, but he's not like he's probably has a couple of names on his resume. But the fact that Osmop just came in there. He came in with a defense. He came in there with a strategic plan. There weren't too many openings. Devin Clark was just trying to just figure out a way to get in so much, but he just couldn't couldn't get in on bro. And then. When he hit him with that hit to um, drop his ass, that shit was dangerous. Dude, I want to say it was a right straight through. And then dropped his ass, and then he just took off on him for 30 seconds. Just had the ref looking like, oh, what am I supposed to do right here? Yeah, and hey, bro, like, he's at least a 11-0 going up against a 12-6 and UFC veteran. Those are my favorite fights to bet on. Because the UFC is not getting an undefeated prospect, a veteran, unless they know they can beat the, the veteran type shit. 
So those are my favorite better fighters to bet on and like uh, parlays and stuff. Cause like, you know, you're going to win. I don't care. Like UFC knows what they're doing with undefeated prospects. Yeah. It was a good fight though. It's still like, I mean, yeah, this, Devin Clark, and it's, it's, it's a true test because Devin Clark is a great wrestler. So with Ozamash showcasing, he can block the um, wrestling and then still strike. Like, he's still going to beat you in striking. So if you can't take him down, what are you going to do with him? Because he's better than you at striking. That ass, man. Let's go into the women, bro, because the women were no holds barred. This is one of my favorite fights on the card, bro. You got the two Jasmines. You got Yasmin. Jagara versus Jasmine Luciendo, and one was spelled with a Y and one was spelled with an I. So neither of Jasmine is what you expected, but they came out fucking banging. I'm not going to lie. It was a standing fight back and forth, and there were some, some clinches here and there, but honestly, the whole three-round fight, less than 30 seconds on the ground, so it was, you can't, you can't ask for much more. Both women were throwing. I think what I saw, I picked my, my girl from Mexico as a fellow Mexican. I always got to go with my Mexican fighter. These are both the UFC debuts, so I didn't know much about them. And the boxer from Mexico showcased that she can fucking walk, walk forward and take some hits, but give you way more hits than you could give her. And that's all I can really say about it. What about you, Kev? I actually was like, when I was I was talking on the phone while I was re-watching this fight. So every time I looked up, I was like, hey, yo, see, you see this girl with the um, Freddie Jackson haircut? Yeah, she's she finna, she finna do something. But like, what I really wasn't paying attention to was the fact that every time she walked up, motherfucking Jasmine over here gave her two or three of them things. A little, uh, a little like, leg kick and a body punch and then walk oh, up. Oh, day! Like if you gonna come in my face, you gonna motherfucking take these motherfucking shits to the head. So like I respected that, and like it was a good prospect fight, and I want to see them continue to continue to go. But she looks like she might be dangerous. And what division? This is the um, bantamweight division, correct? One thirty-five. Strawweight, strawweight. Oh, strawweight. This is the Rose and a Carla Esparza. Oh, so so and Carla Esparza was in attendance watching what's going on. So this is a good. That was a good fight for them, and I want to see them continue to grow. One was 20, I think the one that lost was like 20 years old and the youngest women fighter oh. on the card. And the other one was 23. So like you had two UFC debuts at like young fighters. And that's why you love MMA because this ain't like boxing. If you're having a debut, sometimes you might fight another motherfucker who's also a promising prospect at 23 be 20. You can you have no choice but to grow from that shit. But then we had, so we already had two prospects that won their fights. And then the third prospect here at the co-main event who lost their fight. And that's why you love UFC because Onama was a big favorite, but that boy Nate Land, Landier got his ass with the decision win. And I was with you as we watched this fight live together. And we were sitting there like Onama won that first round, but outside of that, Land year was just taking off. He was just here for he was on some gladiator shit, bro. He was here for fucking blood and blood only. He's like, get 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 up, get the fuck up. I'm gonna fucking box you again, drop you again. That was crazy. That was my favorite fight of the night. I don't I should have checked to see who got the bonuses. But um 
that was a fucking crazy ass fight because Onamu came in there and he came in there. He came in with a great game plan. He was a better fighter in the first round. But Nate just showed that he's a brawler. He continued to fight. And once he heard him, he knew that like he, his confidence went to the next level. He just started really started connecting the punches and really putting things, putting things together. And his and it, and it was crazy because they had beef. They already didn't fucking like each other. They had a whole face off in front of each other straight up. So to see bro really just go in there and just like take shake off that first round and then put on a show, scream to the crowd and shit. Hey man, that was a great. That was like in the definition. I feel like a fight night fight right there. Like that's what you really wanted to see. Back and forth competition, and it was crazy because. Namu damn near fucking got with those last 10 seconds when he got that hit, he almost KO'd him. He almost really tried to figure something out and almost finished him. And like that would have probably blew the fucking roof off the place. San Diego would have been on a different stratosphere. And that was such a great fucking fight. I think if it was a five round fight, it, maybe Onamu might have been able to figure something out. But for the most part, those two second and third round, you had to give it to Nate fact and while well, i agree like those second and third rounds even though we both decisively give it to nate there was 20 to 30 seconds where you thought onama would get the ko you thought you sat there you saw onama drop him and you're following him and you're like oh fuck this is the fight and then onama wouldn't finish it and then they would end up on top again and but you can't ask much more for a fight night co-main event right there, honestly. That, that's the, the fucking best of the best when it comes with a veteran versus a prospect. Nah, dead eyes, man. Motherfucking. It was a great fight. I'm going to say that. I want to see the 10, 10 and 2. Onamu's 10 and 2 now. Shut that off and continue to learn from it and grow in the division. What weight class were they? They were on 140s? Um, let me see. I believe, yeah, 145. They were the Volkanovskis. Oh, dang, yeah. That's a tough division in itself. But on to the fucking Bantamweights. We had the greatest Bantamweight ever, Dominic Cruz, losing to Marlon Cheeto Vera. I'm mad you keep saying that. Like, when I asked you that, you were like, huh? It's up for discussion. And, like, ever since No, because I will, I'm, I'm admitting now, I was wrong. Because I got weight classes mixed up. I thought Aldo was a 135-er, but Aldo's a 145-er that moved down to 130. You know, like, he moved down, so now I see him at 135, and I don't like, – it fucked up my memory of him. Yeah, that shit was crazy. But you were 100% correct. Dominic Cruz is probably – and not really arguably, but the greatest bantamweight ever. He had Cheeto Vera. Cheeto Vera is a, not young. But he was young when he came in. He did that shit. He's proved that he's fine. Great talents like Rob Font, Dominic Cruz, and he's not. He's got finishes. But let's look at the numbers. Significant strikes. Dominic Cruz ninety two versus Vera sixty one. Dominic Cruz was winning those first three rounds of the fight. Two, I'd give Dominic Cruz for sure two rounds. That third round, I think Vera won, but it's still arguable. But the first two rounds for sure, Dominic Cruz. How long can Vera keep going with this strategy of giving up rounds and then knocking someone out? How about you, Kev? So when you look at the scorecards, all the scorecards were the exact same. First two rounds went to Dominic Cruz. Third round went to Vera, 
and then he knocked him out in the last round. So I would give it a bigger picture look, but I look at Barrett and how his camp was so strategic and they had a game plan for um for um Dominic Cruz because they seen it like yo, he only fights in eight com eight, eight punch combinations. This motherfucker thinks he's all monkey. <laughs> this motherfucker thinks he's monkey D Luffy or something. Like, and then done. So like you're 37. That's not gonna it's not gonna last long doing that. So they waited for him. And then this opening, this op- the opening that he baited, he literally baited him right, baited him right, baited him made it right. And then watch how every time he got hit, he got hit in the body, he would duck his head left a little bit. So he was like, okay, this is literally just like in camp. And then he baited it. He waited for him. He stayed very patient. I think he could have had a firefight if he wanted to, but he didn't need to because it was still, that's the top 10 knockout of the year. And like the way he all literally, and then- Hey, kid. Yeah, he baited, baited, baited him, nigga, and broke his nose immediately on sight. Like that, he didn't hit no shin, just straight fucking, straight fucking foot to the face. They said somebody um was watching the fight with me. They said he looked oh, not you was on the live stream. They said when Brett said that he looked on um, like a Dominic Cruz looked like a wide receiver going for an out of bounds pass type shit. So motherfucking. Marlon, so it's not like it was like Marlon Vera, that was a bad strategy. I think that was a strategy set up for Dominic Cruz. So it's just Cheeto Vera to see what he can do next to other people. But like, I think that was just textbook. And like, like Bron the livestream kept saying, fight IQ, fight IQ, fight IQ. Well, like, he came in with a strong fight IQ. Well, going into the, what's going on afterwards, Rivera, I just hate it because this is the MMA math that don't make sense. I was like, I don't want Vera to fight for an interim belt unless it's against Aldo. Or if you, I don't want Vera to fight the winner of TJ Dillashaw versus Aljo. But it might, it probably, or it may happen because the fans are behind Vera, all that stuff. And it will sell good on pay-per-view. But Aldo beat Vera. And I don't think you're going to get Vera versus Aldo too because it's not going to help any one of their careers really because Aldo be Aldo be in the same position he's in after he, he beats Vera. And Vera, if he loses, he's going to be in a lot worse position. So I don't think we'll ever we'll get that as an interim, unless it's made as an interim fight. If it's just a, like a fight night or pay-per-view co-main event type shit, unless it's made an interim belt title, I don't see them fighting each other. But it all makes sense on why they would fight each other, but it won't happen. So I think Vera will probably get some type of some type of belt shot, interim fight shot. But he lost to Aldo, and Aldo won't get that same chance because he's lost to other fighters. Because you know just. MMA, you get buried in your losses. Hey man, this is why I keep screaming the bantamweight division is the best division in the, in all of the world because there's so much shit that can go down at any second and MMA math doesn't exist. So like when and I look if Yon loses to Mali, same thing happens. Yon can never fight for a title again for like probably a couple of years. So I just looked at this shit like. Just keep winning, homie. If you in this division, just keep winning. Survival of the fittest. Keep if that's why Sugar Sean was on um, trying. Like it made so much sense for him to sit there and say, like, yeah, I'm not gonna take the big fights because I want to sit down and get used to it, get continuous, continue this, uh, 
get my skill set up while creating, while expanding my brand so I can make the money to where I take these big fights. Even if I lose, I'm not really stressing about how to feed my family and pay my bills because I only get paid like three, four times a year. So. I love Vera because he's like the Nate Diaz of the Bantamweights. A real street dude that gets his that gets the work done and he's a fan favorite, even if he don't have a belt. But Dominic Cruz out significant strike you by 30 strikes. So I just want to say, like, if he fights a Peter Yan, Aljo, Corey Sanhagen, these other top-tier fighters, you cannot give up three rounds. You cannot sit there like like yeah, you knocked them out, but you're I I have a hard realization, or TJ Dillashaw, like I have a hard realization of you being able to go into the fourth round and knock out these people who have fought these long rounds before and are not 37 years old. So like Rob Font was able to get, like how mean you felt before the, the fight. Like we were like, Rob Font was able to get some hits on you. Like you, he's older. So if you fight like these, these other prime fighters, that's where my thing fells a fair. Like you're great right now, but I cannot see you beating a TJ Dillashaw, an Aljo, a Peter Yawn. These fighters are in their prime and are top five fighters and should be always fighting for belts. Because I don't think these fighters should just be just normal fighters. These fighters are just tighter contendership fighters or not. Same with like Max Holloway. Like Max Holloway, yeah, he like he should always be fighting for a belt. It doesn't matter whatever. Like even if he lost his last two fights, like he should always be fighting for a belt because he has proven that he's a belt fighter. <laughs> but that's my. I would have my shot here. I'll let you finish it up. But how do you? Do you think I'm wrong? Do you think Vera's able to beat a TJ Dillashaw, Aljo, a Peter Yawn, Corey Sanhagen, these other top? four fighters that have proven that they beat everyone outside of top five. Marlon Vera is only now entering the top five now that he's beaten former champions and has been on win streak. Hey, man, I voted against Brett in the fight to pick this fight. So, like, at the end of the day, MMA map doesn't exist. Whoever, this division just comes down to whoever's winning the fucking most. Because I actually think Aljamain Sterling, He's going to hold this division down for a little second. But, hey, just win your motherfucking ass off. Whoever you fight next, win your motherfucking ass off. Win, 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 win. And that's the only way to to, to only way to make it work in this division. You're not going to get caught with a Korean zombie, like uh, a Korean zombie Volkanovski's championship fight. Like, it's not going to happen in this division. It's always going to be somebody within the top five that has an arguable decision to be the best shit but stay tuned because when we come back from the, we're gonna have Usman versus Edwards picks coming up we're gonna have Uzik versus Joshua picks coming up we're gonna have some recaps and stay tuned because we may even go live again with my boy from uh, Romeo Mac y'all loved him before we may do it again y'all y'all may love him again but that's been totally blitz that's been Marlon Vera versus Dominic Cruz, UFC San Diego recap with late Nate Landemir versus Onama. And also, yeah, the battle of Yasmin's and Devin Clark versus Azamat. We fucking broke it down for everybody. So stay tuned because if you haven't made money yet, 
follow our picks on the picks because we're only trying to help you make money. I ain't gonna lie, you are the last fuck on my ass, but I got you. My Dominique Cruz picking ass. I heard that nigga on the DC and RC show. Ugh. But uh, one but- thing I do want to, one thing I do want to bring up before we go is people are saying Marlon Vez, Tito Vez said that um Dominique Cruz's style is out of date. How do you feel about that? I did you see so we so the people watching may not know, but we recorded the Usman versus Edwards prior to this. When we talked Usman versus Edwards, when I told you Usman at 35 years old, yeah, he can wrestle you, but he's not gonna do it. That's how Dominic Cruz, we saw him in the second round throw Marlon Vera to the floor, and instead of as a wrestler, you fucking follow that. 10 times out of 10. You threw homeboy to the floor, go fucking grind and grind his ass. It didn't happen. And that's how I feel about Usman as well. Like Cruz was Cruz is able to wrestle, but he doesn't do it because like you're getting older, it's bad on your knees. You know you know you're gonna be able to not be able to do it later rounds type shit. And that's how I felt about it. Like, yeah, he's like these older fighters, not older fighters, but the people nowadays that are fighting, you you realize that they're able to do everything, but they rely on striking. They're not like Israel Adesanya. Yeah, he may. Be, we don't know how good he is on the ground because he never does it. We look at Usman; he's knocking people out. We look at like even when he fought Gilbert, like fucking Colby Covington. He wasn't wrestling Colby Covington and showcasing that he's a better wrestler. He was showcasing he's a better striker and that I can stop your takedowns. Like, that's how I feel about with the new wave. They can stop takedowns or you happen to be Russian and be really related to Habib and no one can stop your takedowns. There's no in-between. It's, it's either you are able to stop takedowns and you're showcasing you're the better striker or you just happen to be from Dagestan and you're just wrestling motherfuckers until submission. Hell uh, yeah, man. But I look at it like it's tough to say that it's out of out of out of um out of date. I think it needs a refresher, like you're saying. It needs some tuning up. It needs to like it's kind of too late. Father time kind of was over us. But you can't say that when it's you lost you lost the first two rounds. Like I understand you baited them, you waited and shit like that, but it worked. And I think if he wants to continue fight catching fights, I think he he can um he'll be continue maybe like a third or fourth, uh second or third um person that um fights on the main card. But like he's still a name, he still has a history, and he can still do stuff. We probably don't want a TJ Dillshaw versus him third time, but motherfucking maybe we do. We'll never know. But like he can still sell fights, so I think he can. He doesn't need to retire or hang him up after this one. But I just think that this was a good win for Cheeto Bear. Facts. And Donald Cruz is a name. But we'll catch y'all boys on the next edition of Totally Blitz Podcast. Hey, man. This is the Totally Blitz Podcast. You feel me, man? I'm in this bitch drinking. I'm a little drunk. I ain't gonna lie. I'm a smoking. And I'm in this bitch with my dog, Paul Pickham, with a concert. He's back for his Dolphins because football season is coming up soon. So don't forget. I'm that happy you knew it. We talking that big football shit. 
I'm in this bitch with, I'm rocking an Itachi shirt because if you didn't know, I don't mind killing your family. Because motherfucking, this is a Tony Bliss podcast. And if you didn't know, now you know. Yep. Got a problem with being problematic. Get the light beam on me, ready for electrostatic. Don't you step into this box if you're not batting. Then my gang got tools. You could call them boy crap, man. This gang got rules, man. You better watch your passes. This ain't not new. Higher than I ever been I got a problem with